0: Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I see all
4: these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah.
5: It's such a bizarre
4: world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go.
5: <laughs> <laughs> this is Ed McMeier. And now, he
0: is Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. Si, they are You know what it is. It's a little something we call a dimly lit room. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, on a Thursday, little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. I'm tempted to go with impeachment. I'm tempted to go with Lev Parnas. But I'm
4: going to go with the march. The march across the Capitol building by Nancy Pelosi and her... <laughs> Man, of idiots. It was one of the lipstick on a piggiest moments I've ever seen in politics. As everybody with a super solemn look on their face having set up velvet ropes to keep people away from them I guess did a ceremonial march across the capitol building holding the articles in a blue folder. It just was silly looking. You can't involve Adam Schiff and Gerald Nadler in anything and not
0: have it be silly looking. I guess the goal, impeachment officially starts today. I thought it started next week but it officially starts today. And um uh, I well, guess, with
4: the acceptance the ceremony the ceremonial acceptance of the articles
0: I guess it's a uh, the um the whole point is to make it look historic because yes. people aren't feeling it it's just obvious in polls and just in the way people are living their lives people aren't feeling it and they're trying so hard to get people to feel it so they're trying to make it seem like more of a bigger deal which I guess is why Nancy Pelosi gave that long speech yesterday which I didn't hear till I gave home about. In 1789, the president of the United States did all these. Hyster- Remember, my friends, and you will hear the midnight. She went through all these historical moments through our history mm. and said, and this is another one of them. This The January, the day that Donald Trump was impeached, he's impeached throughout time. Like all those events, I just, well, you can keep saying that over and over, but nobody feels that way. I don't School think so. School kids aren't going to be memorizing anything about Trump's impeachment in the future. Like not next year, let alone a 100 years from now. Yeah. It's just not that big a deal. Those who came into the
4: whole exercise hating the guy hate him even more and think they have a chance to get him out and the rest of it. Those who are already on that side of it are are rolling around in this and absolutely loving it. I just think most of America is hardly paying attention. They've figured out, look, it's just a partisan thing. They're at each other's throats. I've been here and impeached this guy since the day he got inaugurated.
0: I just, just, the people are not tuned in. So, the exciting story of the day since uh, we we learned years ago that talking about things people don't have interest in just uh, we used to try to take calls and things well, why don't you care why don't you why aren't you interested in the story and we'd get no calls and finally it dawned on us <laughs> uh, but the, the story that's just is so darn exciting is the open mic Bernie Sanders Elizabeth Warren thing. I can't wait to go big on that yes the 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 caught on mic. yeah <laughs> that's so exciting, yeah. And we'll play that for you. Is that our opening clip today, Sean? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's oh, got to be. It's just, it's just so darn good. <laughs> <laughs> I like Tom Steyer's role in that exchange. Yeah, that is, that has gotten much mockery. I'll <laughs> this. Yeah. Good timing, dude. That's like a deep dive in this whole thing is to appreciate. <laughs> Him wandering in and Bernie saying, yeah, okay.
4: (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't heard it, it's absolutely worth hanging around for. Yeah, it's coming up in a moment. Then we'll we'll
0: break it down word by word Uh later in the show. (laughs) We'll run it through some sort of bat computer to try to figure out what's ironic. Then a body language (laughs) segment. Exactly. We have body language experts in. You see the way her left toe is pointing left. That means she's lying. (laughs) Uh, Let's introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm
1: doing good. You know, I got an idea, guys. These debates, are getting low ratings, right? Yeah, the the, the
0: record low uh, for the other one.
1: So why don't you mic everybody up? You you mic (laughs) everyone up. You make it uncensored, you put it on HBO or something like that, you you just let them go at it, and then you get what really goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, we
0: need some uh, some high fancy new artificial intelligence device that reads your minds. We need to know their thoughts. (laughs) Okay. We need to know what they're thinking. So when uh, somebody says something in Bernie's mind, you hear that lying. But it's going to be in his voice. That lying bee, lying bastard. I just
1: think you know, behind the scenes, uncensored, like a reality show, would be more entertaining.
0: We got a little of that yesterday, which you're about to hear. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean?
5: Doing very well. It was on this day, January the 16th in 1605, that what is considered the first, uh, the first modern novel was published. Don Quixote was published. It became an instant success. It spawned some uh, many now common phrases or idioms uh, across Spanish and other languages, including the phrase tilting at windmills and uh, uh which means exceedingly idealistic, unrealistic, impractical. Quixotic. Ah,
0: I said it wrong. Quixotic. it be, be like Bernie's entire campaign. Uh, you know, and thanks uh, to the Democratic Party trying to keep him down. I read Don Quixote many years ago when I, uh, as a fan of literature, is the first novel in uh, world history. They call it for some reason, and um, and uh, I went on the air with the, the the fact that I was stunned at how much poop and flatulence humor there was in that book. Mm, timeless. S- timeless, so exactly. many jokes. <laughs> oh yes, so many jokes about tooting and uh, and pooing your your. Armor. It's really hard fart primary. It connects us to previous generations. I thought really uh,
4: puts us on the continuum of history. It's a similar point to the one Nancy Pelosi was trying to make. (laughs) Poo poo humor is like Paul Revere's ride, part of our
0: heritage, part of our history. Cervantes was not aware of Shakespeare, but Shakespeare was aware of Cervantes and very impressed with his work. Really? Then we I didn't know Don Quixote
4: was that early. What was the year again? Sixteen hundred and five. Almost exactly
0: damned. the same time that Shakespeare was doing his thing in a big deal. But uh, because of the way the world worked back then, Cervantes didn't even know of Shakespeare's existence. Mm. Um. So yeah, we got to catch up on all this stuff today. <sighs> Impeachment officially beginning. <sighs> How much attention do you give that? I don't know. <laughs> That's your Just answer. Just want to say, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? I don't know. Is your answer? Uh, maybe we'll, 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 we'll I don't worry about it. We could run a poll. No, 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 no. We did a poll on. No. Uh, we did a poll on Twitter a while back, and it was fairly overwhelming. Yes, and that was keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, but, but was the answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. What day is it? It is Thursday, January 16th, the year 2020. We are Armstrong. It's an historic day. It'll be remembered like Paul Revere's ride. The year 2020, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Here's the
4: show then, officially, according to FCC rules and regulations. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I am walking the show notes. Sean.
5: You have my email. What are you doing?
4: Sean, the show begins <laughs>
5: at Mark.
4: I think you called me a liar on national TV.
1: What? I think you called me a liar on national
5: no. TV. Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion, we'll have that Any... discussion. You called me a You told me. All right, let's not do it I'm now. Not, I don't want to get me I just want to say hi, Bernie.
4: Yeah, good. <laughs>
5: okay.
4: How are you doing? Get out of here. Nobody cares just, about you. I don't want to get
0: between this. I just want to say, oh. yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, great, whatever. <laughs> Quit wasting my time. Who walks into a couple of people in that in, in that in that obvious sort of situation? I don't think
4: you could tell, Jack. He kind of <laughs> approached from the back shoulder and didn't see the body language, which was about to cock a fist.
0: By what he said, it would seem that he was aware of it when he started speaking. Yes. yes. And who else would be uh, more welcoming
5: to a billionaire jumping in their conversation than Elizabeth Warren and Bernie yeah, Sanders? Yeah, that's a very
0: good point. Oh, yeah, the billionaire just walk in and just do whatever you want. Well, Bernie s- sincerely considers it distasteful, and Liz pretends to. So both of them would act that way. Can we hear it again? I know we're going to play it a hundred times today, but
1: I think you called me a liar on national TV. What? I think you called me a liar on national you know- TV.
5: Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion, we'll have that discussion. You called me. You told me. All right, let's not do it now. I don't want to get me. I just want to say hi, Bernie. Yeah, good. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. That could have been many married couples throughout history right there. Not now. Not now. You know, you're at, at dinner or something, and you you decide when the other people are paid. Did you just say not now? How about we talk about this later? Does that seem like a good idea? Uh-oh. That's
4: uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> That's making me squirm. I definitely think there's sexual tension there. Oh boy, oh Michael, Stop oh it. boy is right. Who turned on your mic? <laughs> How does male bag look? Oh, it's very good. It's a sprawling. It's not unlike Cervantes' uh, great work, Don Quixote. Wow, fantastic! Yeah. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: I don't know when a theory becomes a conspiracy theory. Are there some boxes you have to check before your theory becomes a conspiracy theory? But a theory that is out there is that CNN is in the bag against Bernie. Yes. And uh, and they displayed that during the debate, which I actually brought up with Mark Halpern yesterday. But we'll play that for you again later and factors into the little exchange we played that got caught on mic between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh,
4: okay, conspiracy theory. That and discredited are two ways or debunked are two 21st century ways of dismissing something out of hand without taking it on. So, yeah, you can call it a conspiracy theory, but CNN, you're either so grossly incompetent you'd get a C in high school for that debate, or the fix is in. It's one or the other. We will discuss. Mailbag. Is this a freedom-loving quote of the day? It is, in a way. From T.J., Thomas Jefferson. It's freedom from a certain modern trend. And it was passed along by Joel, who we thank. Thomas Jefferson said, I never considered a difference of opinion in politics, in religion, in philosophy, as a cause for withdrawing from a friend.
0: Why that's interesting. Yeah. It's not easy to pull off. Not now. Not in modern days. I don't know for anybody if you you disagree on religion, politics, and philosophy. But you have no... You're fine. Well, you have a
4: disagreement on one or the other or the other, but you're still friends? Oh, yeah. I've had virtually every friend I've ever had. That's a description of them.
0: I don't think I've ever
4: agreed completely on everything. I mean, I realize that's overstating the case, but politics, religion, or philosophy.
0: It takes uh, takes both people being a certain sort of, per- per sort of person. The quickest way for
5: me to get bored with your company is if you just agree with everything I agree with. Yeah, well, I don't know. nothing I, to talk yeah, about. I, yeah. Well, I've said what I intend to say. What I said yesterday
4: was uh, a bunch about a study talking about uh, cats eating former people. You heard me uh, say uh, university discovered that feral cats were eating their donated bodies and set up cameras to figure out if they could learn anything. And now they're doing it for real to help prosecutors and, and, and cops and the rest of it.
0: Interesting thing to want to figure out.
4: Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's kind of a sub-sub-sub-subset of uh, human anatomy. But um, anyway, uh, Joe writes, uh, who is this star? Washington has the first compost your body after death laws. The next logical step in the wackadoo cat lady world, some cat ladies will will that their body be processed into cat food to nourish their cats after their death. Well, why not? Really? is the
0: circle of life. Have your body ground into cat food. Yes.
4: Wow. Delicious. No grain. Causes
0: allergies. This is sick enough.
4: Uh, Navy Tom says, maybe I'm overthinking this, gents, but I watched the video of Nancy Pelosi signing the impeachment articles. I found it interesting that she was handing out pens to the members standing around her. I think most people would think she's doing this out of joy. I, however, do not. I think she handed out those pens to the members because if this impeachment thing blows up in her face, which I think it will, she can point to everyone else in the room, say, I told you it was a bad idea. What do you think? Well, Tom, that's an interesting theory, but I'm more interested uh, in the email from Wes that said, hey guys, love the show, look at what I found, wanted to share it with you. Two screenshots from eBay yesterday. Uh, I refreshed over an hour, and it went from $17,000 to $18,000, then vanished. The listing was, in the category, U.S. Presidential Candidate Collectibles, Donald Trump impeachment pen number seven. Condition is used. I have acquired pen number seven today from the impeachment of Donald Trump as a political favor. This traditional auction, blah, 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 starting at a dollar. This is allegedly one of the pens Nancy Pelosi handed out that somebody immediately put on eBay and got up to $18,000 before it mysteriously disappeared.
0: I guarantee you the reason she did the pens thing is it's keeping with the theme. She's trying to make this look... Like, it's a major historic event. Do you remember mm. when Barack Obama signed the Affordable Care Act? And they had all the pens, and they all, all signed it, because it's a giant historical moment.
4: And she, it's a huge souvenir to your supporters.
0: But she, yeah, Right. And yeah. It, it, the fact that it's a souvenir, and we all need to get a part of this moment in history, she's trying to make it a big moment in history. Right. It just doesn't feel that way to people, but she's trying. Right, right. Speaking of the impeachment... Barry writes, two weeks ago I was shocked
4: when I heard Steny Hoyer, he's the number two guy in the House, right, on the Democrat side. He made the bold statement, quote, remind Americans that the House provided President Trump every opportunity to prove his innocence. You know, I got a parking ticket when I parked in a two-hour zone. I was only there for an hour and a half. I decided to contest the ticket. In the process, I was asked, briefly explain the relevant facts supporting your request for review and dismissal of the citation. You may attach any evidence, photographs, or information necessary to support your position and meet your burden of proof. That is a quote from a government document. So I have the burden of proof now to prove my innocence? Beware, it's coming to a regulation near and dear to you. Now, some might think that sounds a little paranoid. I don't. I don't. I have heard that notion expressed more and more frequently by Americans that you had a chance to prove your innocence. And if you look at our relationship in the government with the government as a whole, where it used to be a smallish thing that clearly worked for us, and now it's an enormous gargantua and we all work for it. And if we resist it, we go to prison. You know, I think the prove your innocence movement, keep an eye out for it. I'll just say that that was
0: big during the Kavanaugh thing, right? That's that's what had everybody in a knot on on one side. Was when did you have to clear yourself? They have to prove it. You don't have to come up with a a, "here's where I was at the time" or something.
4: Right? Yeah. In politics, it's a little different from a trial, um, but it's a discussion absolutely worth having. Oh, back to the uh, cats-eating corpses study. Oh, my God. Uh, this is from somebody or other. Uh, Studying how cats-eat corpses uh, exhibits the least useful, most grotesque academic undertaking ever. But it's still better than gender studies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's that's a little dismissive. I'd say. Sir. Oh, and then, you know, we were talking about Pete Rose gambling the other day and comparing it to the Houston Astros thing. Uh, Robert makes an excellent point. Uh, the problem with Pete Rose betting on his own team was that he established a pattern that gamblers, gamblers could exploit, and he might hold his closer from the game before the one he chose to bet on, or otherwise juggle his lineup to get the best possible result. Not betting on certain games and betting on others
0: sways betting. But that's so. a lifetime ban versus right. one year out.
4: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: I think you called me a liar on national TV. What? I think you called me a liar on national
5: TV. Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion, we'll have that discussion. You called me a liar. You told me. All right, let's not do it right now. I don't want to get me I just want
4: to
0: say hi, Bernie. Yeah, good. Okay. So, you how know, are you, Tom? It's like when you get into a, a song. At first, it's just obviously the hook you're into and stuff like yeah. that. But then as you listen to it more and more, you get into the background singers, the horn arrangement or whatever. Sure, and That's where I am with that great open mic <laughs> cliff with Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. I'm now on to the, okay, good, great, <laughs> dismissing of the billionaire who walked in. We'll get into that more coming up a little bit later and uh, how some people are really going after CNN. And did Elizabeth Warren orchestrate this, bringing it up on a mic on purpose? to try to keep the narrative going of a story she made up oh that's, wait that's a some minute. people's belief that she created this whole thing and is like just keeping it going leak to cnn bring it up right in front of a microphone you called me a liar didn't you bernie you know so well, i don't know we'll get into that coming up interesting
4: interesting so listen the big story on the left in the impeachment wise In the last 24 hours, other than the impeachment itself, is this Ukrainian mobster Lev Parnas, who's under indictment for uh, campaign finance violations and was uh, Rudy Giuliani's uh, fixer in Ukraine, is now doing interviews and he's saying all sorts of interesting stuff about who knew what when. First, we'll hit you with a, a key clip or two of what he's been saying, then, then talk about it a little bit. May I hear clip number 40, please, Cheryl. What do
1: you think is the main inaccuracy or the main lie that's being told that you feel like you can correct?
5: That the president didn't know what was going on. Uh, president Trump knew exactly what was going on. Uh, he was aware of all of my movements. Uh, he, I wouldn't do anything without the consent of Rudy Giuliani or the president. I have no intent, I have no reason to speak to any of these
4: officials. I mean, they have no reason to speak to me. Why would President Zelensky's inner circle or the minister of Varkov or all these people or President Poroshenko meet with me? Who am I? Mm-hmm. They were told to meet with me, and uh, that's the secret that they're trying to keep. I was on the ground doing their work. So uh, a couple of things about this guy. Uh, He is an excellent, excellent witness. You know, you got to get past the credibility problems, because he's got some serious credibility problems, and a lot of what he's saying is second and third hand. You know, the the president knew what I was talking, uh, knew what I was doing. Well, that's because, allegedly, Rudy told him that the president knows what he's doing, so he doesn't really have knowledge of that. But the long and short of it is, this guy's an excellent witness for the president really wanted the Ukrainians to announce an investigation of Joe Biden. And he was putting pressure on him. We know, we know. That's the call. The call says it all, <laughs> and that was not intentional. Uh, so, you know, I've said a number of times: if the president does get knocked out by any of this, it's going to be because of Rudy Giuliani, because he hired a loose cannon with poor judgment to do his uh, do his bidding. Um, but. I can't get past the whole, yeah, everybody's conceded. He wanted the Ukrainians to investigate Biden. We know. Now, the whole uh, trailing the ambassador lady and getting her fired stuff, uh, if all that stuff is distasteful enough, will it sway 20 Republican senators to boot Trump out of office a few months before the election? I doubt it. I doubt it very much. You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. Yeah, well, who's the idiot now, Rudy? (laughs) <laughs> you bald-headed old loose cannon yeah
0: um so yeah i don't know but you did, did you watch some of the uh, rachel no, Maddow thing? i'm not into this story i don't i don't uh, i i can't i can't see another person come on rachel maddow's show this would be number 20 i think who's got the bombshell that's going to change the game whether it's michael avenatti or this guy or a long string of them throughout the last three years right if it's still a story in a month i'm all in but uh, I, I have no idea. I saw Laura Lyerson of NPR saying, "So far, there's nothing we didn't already know." Yeah. Uh, Jonah Goldberg of The Dispatch, who thinks Trump should be removed over the phone call, he's a Trump needs to go impeachment guy. Mm-hmm. Says, "I'm not listening to a guy who's a known mobster and what he's got to say until there's more facts." And the other thing that
4: really bothers me about this whole thing, I mean, and I mean the whole thing, is that the Dems rushed this all through so they could time it right and get it over with. All right. So now you got various mobsters and Neerduel coming, and duells coming out of the woodwork. You know, at, literally at the last minute, that the articles are already delivered, and saying, "Yeah, yeah, I got some dirt. I bet you a thousand dollars in two weeks." When we're a week into the actual hearing, somebody else will surface and they'll say, "Oh, this is an excellent witness." And he should have been, in, well, these people really should have been included in the articles and in the investigation if they'd taken their time and asked judges to, to subpoena people and the rest of it and done it right. There will be. Various bombshell msNBC CNN breaking news this is the day that will bring down Trump. There will be revolution revelations like that up until the moment John Roberts has the gavel in his hand to say, "All right, we're done there and it's just what the the part that's so annoying is it's like the entire Trump presidency. Every week and a half, that bell is rung. And now we're into the impeachment phase of every three and a half days, the bell is rung. And it's just...
0: Will it ever end, do you think? No. No, no. Would it go through a second term if he got elected again? Oh, man. How long can you keep... I mean, it's like it's
4: funny... Baxter, my dog, loves to chase tennis balls. And for whatever reason, just the way I'm made, I don't fake him out than, like, hold the ball. I know people who love, love, love dogs and they do that a lot. And the dog looks around. <laughs> and, then, and then after like three of those, they finally throw the, the ball. I'm uncomfortable watching that because I feel like it's teasing the dog. I don't, maybe oh. I might be wrong. I don't know. Um, I feel like at some point, the Democratic base having run to one end of the yard and, and back again. Over and over and over again, it's going to say, "Quit pretending to throw a tennis ball."
0: Well, I'm not I part of the think they kind were of base. Tired of it, but you're not going to get me with a tennis ball again. You can't do it anymore. Hey, we got a tennis ball. This guy's named Love. Ah, ah. I'm not looking. Yeah. I'm not looking. We must now. We must have witnesses. I thought that's that's. You're going to hear that. You're going to hear this name over and over again. That's what's going on. Man, the Washington Post over the Christmas break killed. Uh, Rachel Maddow going back through uh, a whole bunch of different people and guests that she's had on and how she was on the steel dossier and how many times and the various guests and stuff like that. Ah. I think she'd be more careful at this point, but you know, maybe she fully believes this is the truth and maybe it'll turn out to be. But until I, you know, I just, I can't, you're not going to get me with the tennis ball again. Well, ah! this,
4: what was it? If you're talking about cable news, if you get the doodliest, you know, 10%, that's that's big ratings, that's enough ratings. So they're doubling down on it. Yeah, one more tennis ball. And, and hey, listen, And you know, this wisdom is as ancient as mankind. They might come up with a guy you know I was describing maybe a week into the impeachment. Uh, they come up with a guy who says, "Yeah, listen, uh, my conscience has been killing me. Uh, me and Donald Trump used to go out at night in Manhattan uh, in Manhattan. We actually we'd cross the bridge and go into Queens, and we would murder hobos. And Donald J. Trump and I murdered 30 hobos. That guy comes out. I'm going to roll my eyes and switch to ESPN at this point because they've just cried wolf so many times.
5: Yeah. I, th- I found this tweet from uh, somebody who works at Vox, uh, and this was in regards to CNN uh, during the debate is when it, it, it tweeted out, but I think it, it matches all uh, cable news networks. Uh, CNN is not a news org- is not a news organization. It's an entertainment network that profits off of turning democracy into reality TV. There's wow, no, that's well said. There is no reason to assume that would stop in Trump's second term.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, well put. Or, or after Trump's gone, I suppose, because that's what I've been saying to people is I don't think there's, we're going to go back to normal. Obviously, other presidents wouldn't have as much, um, you know, they're not going to tweet out crazy stuff to try to keep the narrative going as much. But I'm not sure we'll go back to pre-Trump levels. Media-wise, you mean, or just in general? Yeah. No, media-wise, no
4: way. Partly because, you know, there is no normal. It's just a a blip in history. Every period's a blip in history. So who knows what the next uh, chapter will bring, American media-wise.
0: World keeps spinning. God, there was one funny text from this guy, whoever he is, that I thought was, I'll have to dig that up because it was hilarious. Uh, so who, who are the people who, who claim they were drunk and they were texting back and forth? Who are these people? I don't know. I, have, I can't follow the players that well. This Hyde guy who is texting back and forth with I don't Arnott. know this story, but I like it already. And they, and the Hyde claims, well, we were drunk, we we're drunk, and one of us started on, an, and everybody who's drunk has done this, or not even drunk, you do this with your friends. Yeah, one of you starts on like a crazy theme, yes. and then you just keep upping it, and that's right. that's what they claim they were doing. Okay, about the whole surveilling the ambassador thing. Oh, they okay. were just like you know. Like you and I do. Like, right, like lots time. of people do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and do you guys it... surveil ambassadors? <laughs> no. Yes, no, they're hilarious. But you keep one-upping each other on a crazy thread, and <laughs> that like if somebody jumped in the middle of it, you'd think, what the hell is going on here? Right. Yeah. Yep, absolutely true. <laughs> Maybe we should have the consultant kidnapped and put her in the trunk. You put him in the trunk, I'll drive him to the hotel, you know? <laughs> Can I hit him with the bat a couple of times before we put
4: him in the trunk?
0: Um... Like uh, oh,
4: speaking of hitting people one, with bats, oh, I have the best bat hitting story you've ever heard. The one guy I texted. That's a strange thing to say.
0: The one guy texted. How low can little spelled l i d d l e Adam Bullshift go? Take some text my buddies and I wrote while we had a few drinks to some dweeb I met a few times. Bullshift. Bullshift is a desperate turd. Wow, <laughs> that was part of the congressional testimony. That's yesterday. Frank talk. That is now in the congressional record. Yeah. <laughs>
3: So I don't know.
0: I assume it'll shake out one way or the other. It sure will. (laughs) I promise you that. (laughs) Ah, Boy, again, I say world keeps spinning. We do have an Avenatti update. Uh, uh, President Trump was back on uh, dishwashers and shower heads again the other day, and it was pretty hilarious. And the audience was digging it. And the CNN conspiracy. Yeah, we do have to get into that. All on the Armstrong and Getty show.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: According to the latest numbers, Disney released seven movies in 2019 that made at least $1 billion at the box office. And Nicolas Cage released a billion movies that made $7.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well, what are you going to do? Um... (laughs) So Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, remember the non-handshake at the end of the debate? Well, they said something to each other and it got caught on a microphone. Oh, yeah. And we'll play that again, uh, next hour and dissect it. And, uh, what, what's CNN up to trying to start that fight and all the, all the conspiracy theories around it? Hear, hear. Have you heard of NEETS? This is the first time I've come across this. Maybe we'll talk about this more later. NEETS. It's an acronym. Hmm. And we got a lot of NEATs in America. Apparently, it's really big in Japan. It's growing in the United States.
4: I was going to say, this sounds a little bit like Yuppie and and what was the one? Dual income, no kid, Dinks. dinks. Okay. Do we neats. need more acronyms. That's my question.
0: Not in education, employment, or training. Doing nothing. Oh, boy. Just living off your parents. Bums. Or the system or whatever. Would, right. Bums. It, yeah, yeah, but it's not people like living on the street. It's just, right. you're just, you're... You know, you're just kind of floating through life. You're not in education, employment, or training. A leech? Neats. Okay. And, well, if it grows enough, it's it's a segment of society. This particular guy, he's 25. He got fired from a part-time job four months ago, and he said to himself, that's it, I'm never working again. <laughs> <laughs> and he just he's just finding a way to skate by hmm. off a variety of things. So we Maybe just... you've raised a couple of neats yourself, and they're in your basement right now. <laughs> Yeah, wow, wow, sounds stressful to me. More stressful than working, but you know,
4: do each their own, unless they ask me for my money. Uh, speaking of which, bums and junkies, man, there's a great uh, couple of stories out of San Francisco about bums and junkies, and 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 how it's getting more and more serious, and business owners are getting madder and madder, and the rest of it. But San Francisco's got a tremendous amount of attention lately, so I say today we spotlight absolutely up to their neck in bums and junkies and lunatics and crime and filth. Beautiful Portland, Oregon. First, quoting Jared in Missouri, wrote us a great email yesterday pointing out that um, the politicians um, that that throw all this money at the bums and junkies problem, um, that money is not destroyed. It doesn't disappear. It's funneled into the pockets of friends that pass themselves off as solutions. Keep that in mind as we discuss. Uh, here's a nice note from, can I use the name? I, we'll, we'll just say uh, John. My name is John. I'm a 20-year-old college student in Portland, Oregon. Longtime listener of the show. Thank you, sir. I thought I would uh, give you yet another story to yell and scream about. My friends and I, now these are fit young people, okay? My friends and I try to avoid downtown Portland and any other popular areas now because the unbelievable number of homeless one of my many encounters with homeless included a lunch at Panda Express, a fabulous faux Chinese establishment found across the Fruited Plain.
0: Downtown Portland is extraordinary if you haven't been there, and it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I love Portland. Oh, it's so fantastic. But, man, there are disgusting or scary homeless people around every corner.
4: Yeah, I mean, seriously, you you stay loose, in, and I mean that in the sports way, meaning there might be a fastball coming at your head. You've got to be aware of something ugly might happen now. Unless you hear a banging on the garbage can, then it's an off-speed pitch. Well, yeah, clearly. Thank you, Houston. While eating the food, a man wandered into the store pestering every table for money for God knows what, another man at the far end of the room, occasionally shouting at the top of his lungs, and then finally a third man who was using the bathroom for God knows what and for God knows how long. And this whole time the Panda Express works, uh, went about their business like they were there and no one tried to make them leave. It's very unfortunate because this city is amazing, besides all the liberal extremists, now the increasing uh, homeless issue. Anyway, I thought I'd contribute to your frustrations. Thank you, Jacob. And, you know, I'm going to get to a bigger principle than that in a minute. But, yeah, that it is extraordinary that the Panda
0: Express people have been beaten into submission. Well, they got legal reasons why they don't do that. See Starbucks or anybody else. And then the patrons don't say anything because you're in a conflict. Do you want to get into a conflict to this person? That's what right. you got to decide while you're eating lunch. That right. could turn violent. Yeah, let's see. With what? a drug addict or a crazy person.
4: Uh, yeah, let's see. Well, I had another great Portland uh, email. Dang
0: it. I misplaced it. I hate when I do that. Modern society where somebody scary enters the room and we all just kind of look down and hope they leave us alone. That's a way to live. Oh, there it is. Okay.
4: Uh Sean writes, guys, I just moved out to Portland seven years ago from the East Coast. Seven years ago. When I came out here, Portland was a beautiful, amazing, and very clean city. In the seven years that I've been here, I've seen the bum rush explode. They are vile and disgusting people, extremely aggressive if you don't give them the change that they're required, requiring while you're walking in and out of a 7-Eleven or any other business, that are, business they're hovering around. And they just make you want to punch them right in their mouth before they do it to you. If you try to talk to the police about the problem, they just tell you their hands have been tied by the wonderful mayor and the POS governor. If it wasn't for my wife having the job that she does, I'd be out of this godforsaken city. It's become a dumpster, to say the very least. That is somebody who moved to Portland seven years ago and said it was beautiful and amazing. The difference is not the cost of living. The difference is governance. And I think that the bigger principle comes into play. Excellent note here from Ken. And let's see, do I have time for this? Barely. He said, listen, this is a real and workable solution to the bum and junkie problem. We see these people commit crimes every day. They walk down the street streaming profanity, threatening random citizens, and making threats of violence as the crime of assault. We had a homeless woman come onto our back porch, threaten my wife, and attempt to break into our home. The police came to our house, house, talked to her for about 10 minutes, and left. Didn't even relocate the woman. Like I said, we allow them to commit crimes every day, often violent crimes. Then he mentions uh, drug offenses, shoplifting, theft of other sorts, uh, breaking and entering, blah, 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 blah. And, and several people have written this. Listen, if people commit crimes, arrest them and punish them. Here's the problem, Ken, because you're absolutely right. The city fathers of all these cities, and indeed the governors, Jerry Brown, California, Gavin Newsom after him, have said, no, we are not going to prosecute. So-called low-level crimes. We're going to permit the quality of life crimes. And so that's not going to happen. They've said no to you already, Ken. And so they've given the streets and the parks and the bike trails and everything else to the bums and the junkies. At your expense. And as long as the voters in Portland and Seattle and Sacramento and San Francisco... Keep voting and California in general and the blue states. As long as you keep voting for the same people, you're going to get the same result. And your neighbors who are way, way, way down the road to the left who won't even talk to you,
0: they're going to keep voting for that. And, and it's, it's rough and it sucks. A Couple oldsters got into it verbally after the debate the other night. Was CNN setting this whole thing up? Did Elizabeth Warren orchestrate this thing or is CNN in the bag against Bernie? Because he went after CNN, I'm beginning to think so. Yeah, we'll uh, get into that on the way. Stay tuned.
2: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started the Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. I'm Saleya Mosin.
1: And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern.